Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the trade addicts podcast thank you and enjoy your podcast from dynastyleaguefootball.com in the DLF family, a podcast that's General William S. McCarthy. Did you hear that the Lions football team doesn't have a website? They can't string three W's together. Oh, dear. That's the fireman, Josh Valentine. Is it Valentine or Valentine, Josh? Valentine. Valentine. So I had that part right. The fireman <laughs> part is not right. <laughs> not anymore. The retired man. How about that? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's Josh Valentine. I run all of AB's burner accounts. <laughs> <laughs> it must be exhausting. No, it, no wonder you can't fight fires anymore. Don't have time. It, it, it's tiring trying to clean up his English. <laughs> I am John. Don't need nothing but a good timeline. And it don't get better than this. Hogan, this is a super flex super show. And I have with me on the show today the host of the new podcast, The Fantasy Timeline, Bill McCarthy at Super Duper Flex, and Josh Valentine at Real Fantasy TL. And then, of course, the, the podcast itself, Fantasy Timeline at Fantasy Timeline on Twitter. If you haven't already, give them a subscription. Uh, and uh, when you get a chance, a rating and review would help as well. Uh, so real quick, guys, before we get into uh, into what we're going to be talking about today, uh, the the podcast, let's go over some logistics, uh, whichever uh, of you guys wants to talk logistics with me uh, here. So um, let's start with uh, just the specifics of the fantasy timeline. Is it live? Uh, when, uh, when can we expect your first episode? When does it record and drop? Where can listeners find you guys? And, uh, it, it, what do you, is there anything that the listeners can do to, uh, to help this thing grow, um, and to, uh, to help you guys with, uh, the, the creative side of this, the content creation side of this. So, I mean, the fantasy timeline, we live stream every Monday, uh, 9 p.m. We, you know, we're out here. We both see a lot of things on Twitter. So we just kind of try to incorporate what people are talking about into our show. We go over, you know, all the news and notes, but then we also try to bring the, we try to bring a little bit of Twitter onto the show and talk about what people are talking about so you know if you want to help you know shoot us a tweet i mean a lot of the the things that we talk about on the show 
is stuff that we've seen on Twitter. And, you know, sometimes Bill and I agree. Sometimes Bill and I uh, debate. And it's cool because we we have two different point of view sometimes. And it, it kind of gives you uh, all the flavors. And our podcast is... Uh... We recorded our first podcast last night. We did a live stream on YouTube, and we are just getting the podcast submitted uh, today, uh, which is Tuesday. And uh, we're on TuneIn, Stitcher, and Podbean right now, and we are going through our review with Apple Podcasts. So that should be, I would imagine, in the next few days uh, available there. Hopefully by the first of the year. iTunes iTunes is the worst. Is it? So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well then let's maybe more than two days. <laughs> but that's a that's the beauty of this is you it, you don't have to wait. You can go to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, and uh, check out the live show. You said on Monday nights, is that correct? Monday nights, nine p.m. Eastern. There you go. There you go. Nine p.m. Eastern on Monday nights. Uh, check out the the live YouTube show. And uh, get involved in the conversation. Um, the, both of these guys, uh, you know, we we see them on the Super Show live show, uh, getting in the chat and uh, and you know keeping the conversation going, giving us some talking points. And uh, they're they're the absolute best in the industry at <laughs> at just coming up with things to talk about. So um, it, they're they're going to have absolutely no problem keeping this thing going. But uh, I'm going to I'll tell you what we're going to be doing tonight here in just a second. But before I do that, I want to tell you about the FF mercenaries. A goal without a plan is just a wish. So stop wishing and start planning for your fantasy championship with the FF mercenaries. The fantasy football mercenaries love it when a plan comes together. And this a team of fantasy football minds is here to help you map out your path to fantasy glory. Whether you're looking for draft strategy during and throughout your draft, dynasty roster consultations, in-season support, alternate scoring navigation, or DFS expertise, the Mercs are here to help you develop and execute the strategy that will help you destroy your league. So sign up now for your one-on-one consultation with a strategic specialist for your unique and specific needs. Visit ffmercs.com and use the promo code SUPERFLEXSHOW for 10% off your first consultation, that's promo code SUPERFLEXSHOW at ffmercs.com, where winning is the only option. All right, boys, so I love the idea, the premise behind this podcast. And, I mean, I might have taken a little bit of uh, some liberties on uh, um, what the fantasy timeline means to me, but uh, I I really like the idea, and uh, I... I I didn't want to steal it from you guys, but since you guys are here, we can kind of do <laughs> we can, we can kind of build our own fantasy timeline a little bit. So what I what I did is I went on Twitter and uh, I just kind of looked at the timeline of some uh, some specific players, and uh, I can we'll we'll just go over these talking points for each one of these players. But what we're gonna do. I'm going to turn this into a little bit of a game. So I'm going to read these tweets, but I'm going to take out some of the important information so that you can't tell which player I'm talking about. And we'll have you guys guess 
which player it is that I'm talking about. And then uh, once we get through all of the the different hints, all the different clues, and uh, reveal which player it is that we're talking about, uh, we can discuss that player a little bit for Superflex format purposes. Um, generally going to be Dynasty Superflex, but uh, let's jump right in here because I've got a quarterback that I want to talk about with you guys. This uh, this first clue, uh, this was uh, this was a tweet from at my life sucks underscore af, <laughs> and it sounds like it holds up. <laughs> so the tweet was, my wife and I watch this player's team play the Packers. Uh, the 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 quarterback is the team's starting quarterback. Out of the blue, my wife says this quarterback's first name is a stupid name. My middle name is that quarterback's first name. We've been married 32 years. I, I Absolutely nothing helpful there other than the fact that at one point they played the Packers. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a guess. Carson nice. Wentz? Oh, it's not Carson, <laughs> Carson Wentz, but uh, is it, Bill, by any chance, is your middle name Carson? It is not. Okay. Okay. Good. So, oh man, no, I think I know who it is now. <laughs> Dakota. <laughs> yep. <laughs> is there a Dakota? Um, Dak Prescott. Dakota, Dakota Rain Prescott. Oh, that's what Dak is short. I, I, I honestly did not know that. I thought he. I thought it was legitimately Dak. I thought that was his actual name. No, sir. Nope. It was just like the the sound he made when he came out or something. <laughs> like take the floor. <laughs> uh, all right, next. Oh so, no, <laughs> uh, not not Dakota. No, or Dak. Oh man. Uh, all right, next clue. Uh, career pick six is thrown. So this is from uh, Stephen Letizia at Stephen Letizia. Career pick six is thrown. Drew Brees, 25. Our quarterback, 23. Matthew Stafford, 20. Ben Roethlisberger, 16. Matt Ryan, 16. Tom Brady, 9. Mitch Trubisky, 0. I rest my case. I don't know what case he's trying to make exactly, but we did eliminate a good handful of, of quarterbacks there for you to make it a little bit easier. And we know that this guy has 23 career pick sixes thrown. Wow. Can I just look up their schedule? <laughs> I'm going to say Kirk Cousins. Ooh, not Kirk Cousins. Got a <sighs> guess there, Josh? I, I I was thinking Kirk Cousins, too. So now I'm I'm really, I'm like trying to think of their schedule in my head, and it's not working for me. Your head? Yeah. So I've got uh, one more one more clue for you guys if you want. Passed. <laughs> yeah. That's a pass. I, I I we might have to double back to that one though. This game's I, I terrible, man. <laughs> it's, it's freaking impossible. I, I am kind of curious like what his case was. Should this we, wasn't we, like a full thread, it was just like a standalone tweet. So huh. Huh. Mitchell Trubisky has yet to throw a pick six, so he's got that going for him. That, like, that's my interpretation, and it almost feels like the point being 
that you know you you almost want your quarterback throwing pick sixes because it means they're taking some shots i guess right yeah yeah i would hope i would think so <laughs> yeah I, I i don't totally get that one but but the uh, case has been rested yeah yeah exactly and hashtag no context. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, one more. For, this is from Michael Johnson at that other MJ2. And his tweet was, what if this quarter, this this should be a dead giveaway, I, I'm guessing. What if this quarterback and his wife have frustration sex after his games? Explains why they have so many kids. Philip yeah. Rivers. Oh, yeah. man. Philip Rivers. Oh, oh man. <laughs> so Philip is uh so back to that first one. My wife yeah. and I watch the Chargers play the Packers. Philip Rivers is a Chargers starting quarterback. Out of the blue, my Philip my wife says Philip is a stupid name. My middle name is Philip. We've been <laughs> married 32 years. Ah. Oh. From at my life sucks underscore AF. That's a great handle. <laughs> Very appropriate. Yeah, apparently his wife's not too nice to him either. <laughs> yeah. well, at that point, what is there to be nice about? <laughs> <laughs> you know everything <laughs> about each other. Yeah. Yes. So it's a it's an interesting interesting flex to uh, after thirty two years. That's a it's an interesting way to say. <laughs> it. <laughs> I, yeah, it's like, hey, I've been dealing with this for this long. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a stupid name. <laughs> So, I, my, <laughs> so my question for you guys with Philip Rivers, you know, having it somewhat trending on Twitter, uh, especially after a fairly down performance on Thursday night against in, in what should have been a pretty juicy matchup with the Raiders. Are you guys trusting Philip Rivers to keep his job for the rest of the season as they start to drift further and further from playoff contention rivers at what 38 years old uh easton stick the rookie and then tyrod taylor the the immediate backup there are kind of some options of guys to look at um it do you guys feel like you can trust philip rivers for the rest of the 20 the 2019 season and then my other question would be about 2020 how do you feel about his prospects of holding that starting job. So 2019, I think Philip Rivers, he finishes the season unless he strings maybe two more of those type performances together, which I mean, isn't his norm. So 2019, I say, yeah, he's, he's a charter starting QB. 2020 is where it gets tricky because if, you know, if they end up with a top 12 pick, maybe they're taking one of these QBs in the first round and letting Phillip Rivers go. And, I mean, I think he would end up latching on somewhere and starting, but it might not be for Los Angeles. Yeah, I think that this year he's pretty safe. I mean, he's just been with the team for so long, and I don't think they're going to do him wrong. Um, next year, if they move on, like, I don't see him going anywhere. I think he's either the chargers or bust. 
I mean, he lives in San Diego. He, you know, takes that shuttle with his office in it. Like they did everything they could for him. And so that he could stay at home. So is he really going to want to move to like Tampa or something like that? If for another job, I think he's pretty much chargers or bust. And, you know, the way he just looks like he's declining so much this year. I mean, he's always been a weird, you know, weird passer, but I mean, it looks like he's just like shot putting it now and no velocity. So, I mean, I can't, if I were a betting man, I would think he is done after this season, but he plays it through at least like week 16. So in a, for a super flex contender, are you buying or selling? I'm the contender. Yeah. Or, or you just going to hold? Oh, I would hold him. I mean, yeah. if, cause I don't think you're getting a ton for him. I don't, I mean, is somebody giving me a first rounder? Doubtful. So I'd rather hold and just hope he can get me through the, through the playoffs. Yeah. What about if you're kind of going into rebuild mode or, you know, maybe you're on the playoff bubble, but you're, you know, it's, it's not looking good. You're kind of injuries are starting to pile up on you a little bit and you're starting to fall out of contention. And uh, a contender yeah. is willing to give you a first for Philip Rivers. I mean, if you're if you're you know if you're on the bubble or you know you're rebuilding and someone gives you a first for Philip Rivers, I think you go ahead, you take it, and add that asset to your team because I don't think there are going to be a lot of contending teams that are going to want to pay that price for a Philip Rivers where maybe they can get a Derek Carr or someone on that level for the same, if not cheaper. So yeah, if someone, if someone offers you a one for Philip Rivers, I think you take it and, and run. Yeah, I agree. I'd probably be selling for anything through like two Oh four. If I was not a contender. Nice. That's actually going to be my next question. So that makes it easy. We can, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> the perfect guest so far. Um, all right. So we'll just move on to another player here. So uh, this was uh, from at Dynasty FF underscore Kyle M. So in his tweet was plugging this player into my starting lineup over David Johnson this week. And I'm not giving it a second thought. Another season going exactly as planned. That I gave I gave you absolutely nothing there other than I, I know the answer. I actually read it. Oh, you did? Yep. <laughs> so I know that. Oh no. And I actually read it to Josh, so he should know it. He knows I it. should, and I remember hearing it and I don't remember the name of the player now. All right. It's <laughs> it's JD McKissick. <laughs> oh, it's actually not. Oh, Oh, nice. We're still alive. All right. All, all my all my hard work okay. uh, is not going to go to waste here. My apologies. So this next clue was from uh, Ray Garvin, our friend Ray, at Ray G-Q-U-E. And uh, this was actually six days ago. So this was before this weekend. Uh, but he tweeted, really hoping that this player's team gives this player 
more run this second half of the season. He's looked like the best running back in that backfield. Mm. Josh, any ideas? Damian Williams? It's not. That feels that's that's a that's a good guess. I mean, it it obviously played out that way for them. Seems like JD McKissick still fits too. Yeah, but. you know, I, yeah. I I'm really questioning my reading comp- comprehension now. <laughs> um, yeah, I oh. I don't know. Do you know now? I think I have an idea. No okay. fair looking it... these up, by the way. Oh, no, definitely uh, not. <laughs> so, all right, Rojo? let's go to the next one. What's that? I was wondering if it was Rojo. Oh, no, not Rojo. Okay. All right, one more. Okay. And uh, this was from the great Sigmund Bloom. He said, number one, the team was just wrong to not trade the lead back of this backfield to the Lions. I don't care what the offer was. Two, Wyoming Cowboys, baby. This player has a chance to be the third slash fourth slash whatever string back at the beginning of the season who saves fantasy seasons at the end of the season. Uh, I think it's Brian Hill, isn't it? It's Brian Hill. Yes. The number one waiver pickup, I believe. Um, But I am curious how you guys feel about him kind of long term. Um, at least, you know, for the rest of 2019, as long as Devonta Freeman is out, what are your feelings is on, on Brian Hill? Is he, how startable is he? Are we, are we looking at a potential RB one, a potential RB two, uh, somebody more in the flex range, or do you think that he's more still just going to be bench depth essentially? Um, I look at him as, is bench depth. Uh, I mean, amazing win by the Falcons this week against the Saints, but they're a two and seven team. That means that they're usually trailing because they're losing a lot of these games. And I get scared off by third string running backs in most situations. Not a guy that I would be trading for unless maybe I was a a contender in a deep league and needed running back help. But yeah, he's not the type of guy that I would target. I don't know how Bill feels about this, but yeah. I I mean, I've kind of liked Brian Hill over the last few years. He's kind of been a guy that I've added to the end of the bench, you know, back and forth a little bit. Um, I mean, if he's the only, he's really the only running back him and maybe Olison. Um, he had 20 carries last game. And I mean, I know they were in the lead, but it looks like he's going to have some volume. So I, I would imagine that, you know, he's a, a flex worthy player. Um, am I trading for him? Probably not, but I mean, he's probably available in a bunch of waivers this, this week. So probably have to bid high and bid often. Yeah, we probably should have done this in, in, it's one of the rare weeks where we didn't have a standard operating procedure episode come out, but we would have talked quite a bit about Brian Hill. Uh, looks like Kenyon Barner was the only other running back to get any carries. And I'm not, I didn't watch the game, so I'm not totally sure if that was 
before or after Devonta Freeman went out, but it, it certainly got funneled to Brian Hill. I agree with Ray Garvin, by the way, that to me, Brian Hill, you know, at least going back to the, to the preseason, to me, he legitimately looked like the best running back in that backfield. So uh, I'm I'm pretty excited to see him to see him got, get the opportunity. We talk about this all the time on this show. This is part of why I just detest running backs and investing it all in the position. Is every single year we get these guys who come along and and kind of do this and and you know kind of like Sigmund Bloom was saying in his tweet where they climb the depth chart by the end of the season and they you know, they end up winning fantasy championships for people last year. Damian Williams was a great example of that, but there were a handful of other guys and, uh, you know, Gus Edwards and, and, uh, uh, Josh Adams and, and obviously CJ Anderson ended up in a great opportunity kind of out of nowhere. Those guys come along at some point in, in the season every single year. And it's just a matter of finding them. Um, I don't know that Brian Hill is that guy, but so far he's the first one to really come along and take on a huge role like this. It looks like JD McKissick is probably going to get one as well. But, uh, so Ty Johnson, I guess is, is still there. Uh, So Bill, you're our, you're our lions expert here. (laughs) Tell us about about that backfield. I mean, is there that one guy who's going to kind of consolidate that role at this point or, or, well, it's Ty Johnson had a, uh, has a concussion, so he's still in protocol. Yeah. Um, McKissick actually got a lot. I think he had like six or seven receptions, um, this last game. So, I mean, he is the one that's getting the use usage. So, I mean, anybody, Anybody that I, McKissick's the only one I would play, but I would play Brian Hill before I would play McKissick. Okay. Yeah. And by, I mean, by a lot. Yeah. I, and there, there are more of these guys coming. That's, that's what makes this tough. I mean, Brian Hill is kind of at the beginning of a wave of, of running backs who are going to come in and end up with, with a role, you know, and we have no way of predicting who these guys are, you know, who's going to get hurt, who's going to, uh, you know, just, just kind of lose some touches to a, to a hotter hand, but it's going to happen. You know, Darrell Henderson feels like a guy to me who, who can end up in that role sooner rather than later. Um, you know, it's, it's possible that Wayne Gallman ends up with, I mean, if they if if at any point the Giants shut down Saquon Barkley because they're tired of the, you know, the the injuries in a lost season, there's kind of no reason to let your franchise back keep taking that kind of punishment when you're not going anywhere. You know, there 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 are a handful of guys like that who could easily step up. We just, I mean, we don't know who it's going to be, and unfortunately, it's going to be a free for all on the waiver wire. Um, but right now we do know that Brian Hill is, is kind of the first along, you know, in, in that, that group, in that wave of running backs. So, uh, it, it does give him a pretty significant opportunity and a significant, uh, 
you know, amount of value, but, um, yeah, it, it remains to be seen if he's going to actually produce or if, if we're just buying the opportunity. Let yeah, me... he, he, um, he really is the only one aside from Balage that's getting Bellage high usage. Doing. Of course he's just, but he's performing better. So yeah. I'm, I mean, those are the only two guys who are getting any sort of volume. Yeah. Balaj is a guy I was fairly high on going into the season, but I just, to me, Brian Hill is just such a better player. And it's okay. a better situation, better offense, actually trying to win games. <laughs> so are the Dolphins. <laughs> Apparently, or else they're <laughs> falling backwards into it. <laughs> uh, uh, let me give you another player here. So... Uh, this is, uh, this one's going to be a quarterback. And, uh, this first tweet was from Joe Caparoso. And he said this, this quarterback freed from Adam Gase currently leads the NFL in completion percentage is 71.8 has a career best passer rating of 99.7. Another quarterback who is freed from Adam Gase is at 60% four touchdowns, zero interceptions and a 100 plus rating the last two weeks for the for the, damn, for, the <laughs> for the chiefs so i gave one of them away uh but the the first one is is the one that we're really looking for here so sounds like ryan Tannehill. uh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i had that one <laughs> Matt Moore might have been the tougher one for us. I actually had Matt Moore too, but oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, it, I mean, it was one of two guys, I guess. But um, it was. Uh, it, I I felt like this is kind of a, a safe place to talk about Ryan Tannehill a little bit. We can get some some realistic perspective on on Ryan Tannehill here tonight instead of just you know, yelling it at one another about Ryan Tannehill versus Marcus Mariota, we can actually be productive with this, uh, which is why I wanted to bring it up. So let me give you the other two clues real quick. Uh, the Titans, so this is from Eric Bacharach. The Titans have made 10 trips to the red zone since Ryan Tannehill took over as starting quarterback. They've scored touchdowns all 10 times. They now lead the NFL with 72% of red zone trips resulting in a touchdown. When asked who Colin Kaepernick is better than, uh, Kick Rocks who, uh, at Wu Rangatang listed 14 quarterbacks, including Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Bud Lane listed eight quarterbacks, including Ryan Tannehill. And uh, T24 at T Fitzgerald24. Uh, he said, uh, get this man back in the league ASAP. Surely he's better than effing Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so kind of a few layers there, but I, I guess my first question, I mean, these, these guys all, you know, pretty much agree that Colin Kaepernick would be a better starter than Ryan Tannehill. I am curious if you guys agree with that, it, but my other question would just be, Simply, do you think Ryan Tannehill is a starter in 2020? Uh, let, let's start with that. I, I, I'm curious if you guys think that he's earned a starting job, whether it's with Tennessee or elsewhere uh, for 2020. 
I think so. I mean, if he keeps playing like this, somebody's going to give him a shot. Now, maybe he's a bridge quarterback for somebody else. But it, if he keeps playing like this, I could see him signing another year with the Titans just to, you know, maybe bridge for them. Uh, but I, And then, yes, I think he is probably better than Colin Kaepernick now. Yeah, I, I agree um, on the Colin Kaepernick versus Ryan Tannehill debate. I think Tannehill is better right now than Colin Kaepernick coming off the street after not playing in the league for three years. Um, and I also agree with Bill that I think Ryan Tannehill will be on a team next year where worst case scenario, he is competing for a starting job. Um, could be in Tennessee. It could be, um, maybe in Cincinnati, if they take a quarterback one overall, they bring Tannehill in to either push whoever they take or, you know, maybe start the first six games of a season and allow a rookie to kind of get acclimated to the NFL. Um, I almost said Miami, but I couldn't imagine Ryan Tannehill back in Miami. So that probably won't happen. But yeah, I, I think those are, I think that's what's, uh, what we can expect from Ryan Tannehill in 2020. So how about this one for fantasy purposes? Who, who would you trust more on your Superflex roster uh, to, uh, to go into 2020 with a starting role and, you know, possibly even keep it through the entire season, Ryan Tannehill or Mitch Trubisky? <laughs> oh, um well oh wow you got me stumped i will say i would have to go with trubisky maybe i think this is another poll we need to put out because i'm going with Tannehill here um nice all right i'm gonna put it out there put it out there that's that's awesome um yeah i just think that Trubisky, uh, my my quote unquote conspiracy theory yesterday on the pod was that the Panthers will either trade or cut Cam Newton, and one of his landing spots might actually be Chicago. Uh, they actually have a pretty good offense there. They have Montgomery, they have Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel. Maybe Trey Burton can be something. They actually have some pieces there. And if they have a quarterback that can do just a little bit more than Mitch, you know, they could be back in the playoffs. So, yeah, I think I think actually Tannehill has a better shot than uh, Mitch. I, I like that we're already getting the machine fired up here and we're <laughs> – we're sorting out the fantasy timelines for sure. Uh, I, but I, I like that we found a point of contention. So just for me to cover my bases a little bit here, uh, just in a, in a super flex dynasty, uh, like less about who do you trust? Just who would you rather have of Tannehill and Trubisky? Uh, I'd have to go Trubisky. There's just so much more opportunity for him to grow as a player where Tannehill, I think pretty much you have what you have and he's always going to kind of be on that cusp of being a starter or not. 
I mean, I would rather rather go with somebody who could be a long-term starter or nothing than kind of have somebody hovering that you don't know if they're going to start or not, kind of like a Fitzpatrick or something like that. Yeah, I, I think this is – I'm going to kind of hedge my bet here. This is one of those typical contender versus rebuilder question. If you're a contender, I would want Tannehill. But if I'm rebuilding, I would want Trubisky just because long term, I think he has more of an opportunity to become a valuable asset. So hedging my bet, but that's kind of how I feel about it. All right. I got one for you specifically, Josh, but I I definitely still want you, Bill, to to weigh in on this one. But um, I'm going to start with Josh here. Ryan Tannehill or Cam Newton? (laughs) this hurts me because before the season started i was a big cam newton fan i was telling people not to worry about the shoulder and the leg and everything else that he was dealing with at the time um obviously i was dead wrong um it looked like the injuries kind of piled up on him I mean, long-term, it's it's got to be Newton. He's just a vastly more talented quarterback than Tannehill. Um, so, so, yeah, unfortunately, that's kind of where my Tannehill love ends, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, th- we actually talked about this on the, the uh, live broadcast last night with Cam, and it's – it's either, you know, he's going to play next year or he's not. So you're you're rolling the dice on if he's going to play at all. And it's the same situation as a Trubisky for me. It's I would rather go with a guy that can give me the much greater upside. And I know whether I have a player or I don't. Um, so I would definitely take Cam. How about you, John? Yeah, I, I, I think you got to stick with Cam. But, I mean, man, that foot injury is is really making things difficult here i I, the fact that i mean it helps that he's finally just going to get that liz frank surgery done right Uh, but but we've we've seen this before that that particular surgery can be a a, it's a lengthy recovery i mean it sounds like he's gonna be he at least they believe that he's gonna be recovered by march uh, but that usually is just kind of like the that's that's where it kind of gets you back onto the field where you can actually start rehabbing it. It might be well into mini ca- camps in uh, uh, OTAs, you know, before he's truly on the field. And and even then, I mean, at what capacity are we getting Cam Newton? We know how how much the mobility is. It's such a big part of his game. And, you know, a foot injury that that's a big part of why we haven't seen him, you know, since what week three, week two or week three in 2019 is, is, you know, for, for the way he plays, you have to, you have to be able to defend yourself with some mobility and he doesn't have that. So it, it makes me nervous because I think it's going to make NFL front offices nervous. 
but I mean, I do think he probably lands in a, in a starting role. Um, I, I think Chicago would be a nice fit with Matt Nagy. Uh, I, I think that Denver actually, for the most part, you know, strictly speaking in terms of, you know, NFL abilities, quarterbacking abilities, I think that he'd be a good fit in Denver. Uh, you know, John Elway is constantly looking for that quarter, that big mobile quarterback with a strong arm. That's what he thought he had with Brock Osweiler. That's what he thought he had with Paxton Lynch. I think that we're legitimately finding out that they're not sold on Drew Locke even at this point. I, I think, you know, he's maybe a little bit snake bit from how, how much he get, keeps getting this wrong, but you know, I think that I think that we would have seen. I think that Drew Locke would have been a little bit more a part of the plans by now, if they felt like they got what they what they had, you know, purchased in the the second round of the NFL draft. So, you know, I think Cam Newton kind of gives you exactly what he keeps looking for in the NFL draft there's actually proof of concept here for one thing with Cam Newton, we've actually seen it, you know, and, and with a significant amount of success, the only problem is there's, there's a pretty big discrepancy in, you know, I, what John Elway kind of looks for is in terms of, you know, the personality, I guess. And uh, I, I don't know, how he's going to feel about a quarterback who dresses like Medea. That <laughs> might be, um, that might be a sticking point, but uh, I, but I, I think that one's a good fit. Um, I, yeah, there, I, I think that there are a, a few different roles. I, I, I think that he could fit for, you know, Cincinnati, for instance, although, I mean, they're headed for the number one pick. You don't, you're not really looking for a bridge quarterback. Um, we we talked about Tampa Bay on the show yesterday as a possible landing spot for Cam. That's a good one. Yeah, that's that you you kind of get from Cam Newton what you're hoping for from Jameis Winston, but, you know, with some better decision making. Um, every, everything that that uh, I mean. I, I don't make a habit of saying nice things about Jameis Winston, especially like <laughs> with a mic in front of my face. I think Jameis Winston is probably a more accurate passer than Cam Newton. It, the, uh, I, I don't know that Bruce Arians cares about that part, though. I don't think it's necessarily an accuracy thing. It's it's about you know the ability to process information, and Jameis Winston just it. it it takes him quite it takes his internal processor quite a bit longer than than what Bruce Arians would like. So yeah, I think that'd be a great fit as well. Uh I could see uh man, Miami could be a decent one. Uh it 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 all depends on you know who's moving on from the guy that they've got. The Chargers. We just talked yes. about Philip Rivers. That the Chargers could be a great fit if uh, if they did move on from Philip Rivers, or if Philip Rivers moved on from them. Uh, that you know, it's a, it's a roster that's built to win. They're not going to get a high draft pick. 
you know, not high enough to get that franchise quarterback. They're not going to touch Tua. They're not going to touch Joe Burrows. So, you know, it, it, I could see them focusing a little bit more on fixing the offensive line, uh, maybe fixing the the front seven of the defense uh, in the draft and just find a quarterback, you know, if it's not going to be Phillip Rivers, find somebody who can just, who can keep this thing moving. So, you know, that, that would be a, a good fit as well. So I, I think that there are roles out there for, uh, for Cam Newton to, to take. So I think you got to stick with Cam Newton, but again, that the foot injury, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's definitely a red flag at this point. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just the thing, right? You're going for the gusto instead of taking mediocrity a little bit. So if you take Cam over, over uh, Tannehill, you know, you just know, you hope, like, you know, his ceiling is higher just because of the, I would imagine he's going to be rushing slightly more, but I mean, we haven't seen that either, I guess. So it is tough. Yeah. Well, let's, let's follow this, this thread a little bit. That's to me, that's what the fantasy timeline is going to be all about is, is kind of sorting through the, the consciousness of fantasy Twitter. So, uh, you know, I think that, that it's going to be pretty important to, uh, to kind of take this stuff and, and kind of talk through it, kind of work through it. And I think that that's going to be a big part of the service that you guys are going to be able to provide. So let's stick with Cam Newton, uh, you know, for, uh, for maybe even for, let's call it rebuild purposes or, or reload purposes, because, you know, to me, a rebuild doesn't have to be the long-term proposition that so many people think. You know, I think that you can rebuild a team in one off season. I think that, you know, here in 2019, that there are a lot of teams that, you know, you could, you could reasonably say, all right, I'm in quote unquote rebuild mode, but I think you can turn that around pretty fast. So for the purpose of, of a quote unquote rebuild, who are you taking Cam Newton or Sam Darnold? Oof. Um, rebuild. I'm probably going Sam Darnold because I mean, I know he's out there seeing ghosts right now, but, um, I, I think he has a little bit more longevity. Um, so he at least has the opportunity to kind of bounce his value back to what it was probably even before this season started. Uh, I don't trust Adam Gase all that often, but I mean, he's probably going to be starting in New York for the next three to five years, unless something crazy happens. So um, I would probably hitch my wagon to Darnold. Yeah. I don't think this is close. So, I mean, it's Darnold by a lot for me. Oh man, let me let me see if I can come up with a <laughs> with a harder one then. Because I was gonna go with Jared Goff. I mean, we just saw him. <laughs> it, he's he's struggled this year, and now the offensive line is even more banged up. There are yeah. gonna be people questioning that one a little bit, you know. 
Sure. I think people are going to have a tough time with that decision. You know, especially if you're like, if you've got the team, like take away the rebuild piece of it, you know, let's, let's talk about a team that's kind of in, uh, you know, borderline kind of on the playoff bubble. And, you know, it's not looking like you're going to go on a playoff, uh, you know, on a, on a championship run here. Like you just, you, you know, maybe you've got a team that's, that's got Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson at quarterback and, you know, you're, you're running back. Maybe you've got Saquon Barkley and that's kind of the center centerpiece of your team. And I mean, we know that that's been a little bit of a disappointment for people considering the expectations. So, you know, you've got Saquon Barkley, but you're hurting a little bit at quarterback. But, you know, you know that you're one or two pieces away from making a run next year. Does that change things for you, Bill, as far as Cam versus Sam Darnold? No, just because the risk of Cam is so great that we we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if he's ever going to be healthy again. And, you know, for the last two years, he's not been the Cam of old. And so I'm going Darnold all day, every day, regardless of situation. I don't think that – I mean, Cam is way low on my totem pole now just because of, there's so much unknown. And I don't know if he's going to be like Joe Flacco from last year where he just goes and plays eight games and then he's done. And you've – I mean, if you – I can't even think of a player that I am setting him, you know, comparing him to right now. I mean, I almost compare Cam to Gardner Minshew. You know, like in in that route, just because like, you know, Minshew's going to play. You don't know when, but you know, he's going to where you're taking it. You're rolling the dice a little bit on Minshew. So, I mean, that's, that's how crazy, like that's where I am with cam, unfortunately. And I love cam. I've had him on a lot of teams over the years and, but I'm not sure we're ever going to see the running like we did. And, there's just so much risk for what I don't necessarily know. There's that great of a reward compared to other, you know, QB twos even anymore. Yeah. The, the scenario you bring up is interesting because if I'm a contender or maybe I'm, I could be a contender in 2020 with a quarterback hole I mean, obviously, it's all dependent on where Cam ends up. I mean, we talked about Tampa Bay and the Chargers, which both have some great offensive pieces to surround them. Um, you know, we also threw Miami out there for a quick second. If he ends up in Miami, that that changes things. But I think having, I mean, eight months maybe to rest up, heal his body, get over the surgery and come back fresh. I mean, he could, you know, on a team like Tampa Bay or like the LA Chargers be a top 12 guy. And if you're pairing him with Olimar Jackson or, you know, a Patrick Mahomes and he's your QB two, 
Uh, I think you could have something really solid there. So in that scenario, I think I go Cam just because I don't think Sam Darnold can be that in 2020. I could be wrong. A lot of things could change. But as a one year, this is my QB2 rental to win a championship. Yeah, I could see taking Cam over Darnold in that situation. All right, so I'm I'm not going to be ready to move on from this one until I find somebody who <laughs> Bill is is not going to take. Let me look at know. a list of quarterbacks and I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, how yeah. far down are you going to scroll? Because uh, how about I'll I'll just give you a couple just off the top of my head, Bill, and I, I just I mean we can just it can be just a a quick you know one word one sentence whatever. Sure. answer until we find somebody uh <laughs> so let's go off of uh supposed shelf life at this point uh, drew Brees, tom brady cam newton any it, drew Brees, tom brady either of those guys would you take cam newton over either of those two guys i would take cam over both of them okay all right we're getting somewhere <laughs> yeah there we go nice all right uh Jameis winston uh, i'd take winston no, you wouldn't. I'm oh, like, you can't! You can't come on this podcast. Did we just? And... Did, we, did we just lose our the three uh, listeners we have? Oh <laughs> man! Well, the problem is, I think that most people agree with you, and I think that I, I, my bet is that people just kind of skip through my Jameis Winston rants every week. So I, I think you're fine. No, I, I didn't. Yeah, I just. I think it's right. good. I think it's good business. <laughs> Yeah, I just with... I think Winston's going to sign with somebody. Like I mean, it's Yeah. You know, and so there's he's I think he'll probably end up being Fitzpatrick for the next decade. And he'll go in, he'll look great for a second, and then he's going to look like Jameis Winston. But you're going to have him Yeah, it's a good you're kind of swaying me a little bit now I'm, as I'm speaking. Like Winston is kind of like Tannehill almost. Right? Yeah. I said I would take Cam over Tannehill. So yeah, yeah, I mean they're right in the same vicinity though. I, I think I think I'm still going Winston just because I, I know the, that he has an upside. And he's younger. Yeah. And he doesn't have the health issues. Yeah. Jameis Winston is like tequila shots. It's like it, it feels <laughs> like a good idea until you actually start thinking of like talking through like what is this actually going to look like? Right. And it's and it's going to end with a lot of puking. So it's yes. it's it's not nearly as good of an idea once you actually you know truly think it through. So uh, I I like that we ended up on the same page on that one. Not a requirement <laughs> at all, but uh, it, it always makes my heart smile when uh, we convert convert a new uh, Jameis Winston hater. Uh, well, you know, you, you're hosting us, so you know, I gotta <laughs> succumb to your influence. Uh, I, I that, this is why I'm doing this without Stompy here, uh, so that, so that no. there's no we don't have to have any disagreement on that on that point because he would tell you no you don't have to agree with him he's a dummy i i can't i can't even i'll quit this podcast right now and start gonna rage quit yeah 
John, I'd have your back if he uh, if he still wanted to go on that uh, Jameis Winston train. We, I would have had your back. We would have finally convinced him that Winston is not the answer. <laughs> yeah, that's a universal truth. Jameis Winston is not the answer. I don't even know what the question is. It doesn't matter. He's not the and- answer ever. Uh, let me get to one more player for you guys. Um, and then, uh, we want to talk a little bit about some trades. So, uh, this player, and this is, this is a fairly quick one, but, um, this was, uh, I don't even know this guy's Twitter handle. I I couldn't even begin to pronounce it, but, uh, so this, this quarterback is just a darker skinned Kevin Cobb with a nice defense. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i don't even i don't even know where to go from here <laughs> kevin cobb uh, feels pretty random but it's yeah. so random I think, like which way like what direction are we headed with that like <laughs> not a good one yeah it was it, that one was a questionable one to even make the podcast uh dwayne haskins <laughs> It's not Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> Although it might uh, still fit. Yeah, I'm I'm stumped. I mean, the only thing that's coming to mind is Russell Wilson. And if someone says that, I need to personally slap them. So Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's correct? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not Russell Wilson. Uh this player quote unquote, this player has the clutch gene week 10, Mitch Trubisky, 16 for 23, three touchdowns, zero interceptions in a win. This player went 24 for 46, one touchdown, one interception and a loss. And then, uh, they also included the John Cena laughing and pointing meme. Um, and that was, uh, Matthew McGovern who did that. So very tongue in cheek, uh, yes. in regards to the clutch gene for this player. Wow. Here, let's, let's give you some dead air. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, something to do yeah. when I'm editing later. <laughs> yeah. Apologies for that. Oh man. <laughs> one one. I'm still, I have nothing. Uh, so week 10. So that means he played in week 10. <laughs> then yeah. That narrows it down by six. Are we? We're down to twenty-six quarterbacks. It could be. Yeah, right. It's not Haskins. It's not Russell Wilson. It's not Obviously. Kevin Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Cobb, the darker skin Kevin Cobb. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not Mitchell Trubisky. Jeez. Kyler Murray. Not Kyler Murray. Did yeah, you? I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm stumped. I, I honestly have nothing. All right, one more one more clue for you, and I kind of think this one might give it away, but this was uh, at the third third, and he said, this player really just Brady Quinn with a butt chin. <laughs> Bill's got it. Go ahead, Bill. <laughs> It's uh, Jimmy GQ. That's right. 
Jimmy G. <laughs> a lot of attacks on his striking, strikingly good looks. Really trying to marginalize uh, his, the aesthetically pleasing side of Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> just because of you know some kind of stacking up some poor performances on the field. I and it, yeah, it's a it's a it's a very very fundamental tactic for uh for the jealous you know right to, to find ways <laughs> to go after him for for the way he looks um kevin cobb at, at the from a performance standpoint that probably fits maybe brady quinn yeah uh right. i i have a hard time believing that mitch trubisky has more of the clutch gene than jimmy garoppolo <laughs> but i mean i guess there's <laughs> A little bit of proof in the pudding there. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo for the rest of 2019. Uh, it, it, any it, does that do anything for you beyond like a quarterback three on your superflex rosters? Do you feel like that's somebody that you can take into the playoffs? Is even you know even in your superflex and and be able to get this thing done? No, I mean I, I think you nailed it on the head. I think. You know, if I'm rolling into the playoffs and Jimmy Garoppolo is on my roster, I'm praying that he's QB3 because if I have to start him, you know, in games that I need to win in order to, you know, get a championship and win money, um, he's not the guy I want to be betting on. So I fully agree with you. If he's on my team and I'm I'm rolling into the playoffs, I'm hoping he is my QB three. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think you can, depending on the quality of your team, I think you can get by with him because really when you get into the QB twos, really what's the difference between any of them. So like, I, I wouldn't be like looking to move him, you know, I mean, out of panic, like I'm okay with him on my roster. I, I, w- I would prefer someone else, but if like, you know, somebody got injured and he was my, my second, quarterback i have no problem with him being on my super flex team that's contending if i'm contending it's not because of garoppolo (laughs) so like i mean i already have a good team so if i can get you know your typical back end qb2 points i'm fine with that okay as long as you don't have to start him you're good with him (laughs) well as long i mean if you're if it's a super flex i mean i'm starting them yeah. Okay. What about going forward beyond 2019? Uh, you know, we're, what we're kind of finding out here in 2019, I think, is, you know, obviously there's, a, there's an advantage to be had with quarterbacks like Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers sometimes. Uh, you know, there, there are a handful of these guys who, uh, who can actually give you some monster games. Uh, they're not going to do it every single week, but they they can do it from time to time. But it, it, what we're kind of seeing here is that there's pretty significant value in, you know, just having a firm grasp on the starting job. You know, it, part of the reason that Jameis Winston is so safe is because there's nobody behind him. You know, they... It, you you could argue that Bruce Arians brought in Blaine Gabbert, you know, for the familiarity just in case. But 
I don't know that that was ever a viable move that he was willing to make to bench Jameis Winston in, in you know, in favor of, of Blaine Gabbert. Uh, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, that one maybe that one's arguable, but it's, it's, it still feels like a little bit of a stretch to believe that Chase Daniel gives you a better chance to win football games than Mitch Trubisky. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe that's why he's still sitting in a starting job. There, there are some of these quarterbacks who are, you know, they're, they're, they haven't been good, but they're, they're safe in their role. And there's pretty significant value in Superflex for us if, if that's the case. You know, if we feel like, yeah, this guy isn't going anywhere, that's all I need to know. Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold to me is a very good example of this. We've seen, what's behind him with Luke Falk and as bad as Sam Darnold can be at times, nobody is so disillusioned as to think that Luke Falk gives you a better chance to win games and a better chance to move the football than, than Sam Darnold. Therefore, Sam Darnold is very safe in his role. Do you feel like Jimmy Garoppolo kind of falls into that camp or is he more in, in the neighborhood of, you know, Ryan Tannehill or, and Cam Newton, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, some of the guys that we've already talked about who, you know, maybe they'll find starting jobs. Maybe they'll stick with their team and, and be able to hold that job. Uh, how, how comfortable, I guess, do you feel with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo beyond 2019 in a super flex dynasty? Beyond 2019 is hard. Actually, um, while you were talking, I wanted to look up Jimmy Garoppolo's contract because I knew he had gotten some crazy, insane amount of money. And it looks like there is a potential out in 2020, which would only give him a $4.2 million dead cap hit. So they could actually move on with very little penalty if they wanted to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think he's going to be there for this year and at least next year. So you have that you have that comfort in knowing that. Plus, if all of his guys can get healthy at the same time, they might actually have a legitimate. Wide receiving core there with Debo, Dante Pettis, Kittle. Jalen Hurd, uh, they have guys there. So, yeah, I think for this year and next year, you you can take comfort in him being the starter after 2020 is a little bit more questionable, in my opinion. I'm not comfortable. I think that, you know, they have Mullins, who showed pretty well last year, and if they can save 20 some million dollars by letting Garoppolo go and not think the performance is going to drop that much, he might be out on the street with cam and everybody else. So he'll be competing with, there's going to be so much turnover. I think this year with quarterbacks that I don't necessarily think I'm too comfortable for 2020 and beyond with him. Yeah. The Mullins thing makes that, it, it makes things interesting because Mullins is a free agent after this season. And 
I, I mean, we saw him perform really pretty well in uh, 2018. So it, they've got a little bit of a decision to make. I mean, if nothing else on Nick Mullins. And I mean, if they were to bring him back, I think that you have to get really nervous as a Jimmy Garoppolo owner. If if they let him walk, you know, maybe it's a it's a little bit easier. But um, it uh, I, I, their offseason is going to be pretty telling. If they're willing to hang on to Nick Mullins, knowing full well that there's a, you know, I, I, I'm guessing he's a restricted free agent and it's kind of going to depend on the tender. But, you know, knowing that they could get back compensatory picks in return, if they're still able, if they're still willing to, to give that up to bring back Nick Mullins as a backup to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, things think that that seat gets pretty hot all of a sudden. So I just looked up Nick Mullins and he will be an exclusive rights free agent. So, so I mean, he's back on a team. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, and I guess I don't totally know how the exclusive rights works as opposed to the restricted free agency, but I, I mean, I think it's similar, right? I think it's that uh, there's, again, there's kind of a, you know, you, you put a tender to him and, and a team has to be willing to, you know, give up whatever your asking price is. And you have to, you know, you have to be willing to give up that, the, the compensatory pick as well as, or not even compensatory pick. You've got to be willing to give up the draft capital plus pay him whatever, you know, whatever tender the, the 49ers put on him. So it gets expensive and, but there's a good chance that there's a team out there willing to do it. You know, if at the very least is a kind of a bridge type of guy. So uh, that that's going to be one for us to monitor throughout the off season. It's going to get interesting. Um. Let's talk about some trades real quick. Uh, kind of gone a little bit long and, and want to respect you guys' time. Uh, but this is one that uh, I, I know I was tagged in it. Um, I believe both of you guys were tagged as well. Uh, and and make sure you're tagging Fantasy Timeline and or each of these guys individually uh, with your trade polls. And we can... Uh, uh, they they can discuss them on their live show. We've got our own live show on Wednesday nights where we can discuss them. You get all kinds of exposure. So this first one, though, from our buddy J, J Money Jarrett, and it was uh, just Mitchell Trubisky for a random 2021st. Anybody taking Trubisky on uh, in that deal? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> man yeah i don't think that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be paying a 2021st for trubisky i can't even tell you what i'd be willing to pay to 206 ish that's it that's exactly what i was thinking 206 would be the top end of my budget when if i for some reason was drunk and wanted to go buy Mitch Trubisky. Uh, that would be the top end of my budget. Um, I mean, we, we talked about it today. There is a, you know, however small you might say, but there's a chance that 
one of these big time free agents, uh, you know, a Philip Rivers, a Cam Newton, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo gets cut and, you know, one of these guys could come out and end up at least pushing Mitch for a starting job. So yeah, give me, give me the pick all day. John, did you, uh, uh, did you take Trubisky? Well, <laughs> uh, actually, so I, I discussed this with, uh, with Jarrett. Um, let me see what I, what we kind of came up with. So there was a little added context, which is, um, you know, he also has Matt Ryan. He's got Deshaun Watson. He's got Ryan Tannehill. Um, he could get Jeff Driscoll off of waivers, uh, you know, for, for just for a little bit of depth temporarily, which, you know, I, I, you, you'll know better than the rest of us, Bill, whether or not, you know, Jeff Driscoll gets another start or, I mean, a broken back seems like the type of thing to keep you down for more than a week. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's the same thing that like, uh, Carr dealt with, was it last year or the year before? And I think he only missed one game and it's just one of those things that's a pain threshold threshold kind of thing. And so, you know, as long as they're comfortable enough, they can play. And at least from what I understand. So, I mean, Driscoll actually looked okay. I mean, he, he's more mobile, you know, he can make some throws on the run. Um, he actually kind of impressed me like, and, and he did all right last year with, with Cincy. It's just, you know, he's, he is what he is. He's a, you know, mediocre backup and he's going to have a little bit of flash, but I'm sure he doesn't have the consistency that anybody's looking for. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I guess it all kind of comes down to, especially with his roster build again, you know, Ryan Tannehill is his third quarterback right now. Uh, he could, and he could potentially he, so he has Trubisky as kind of his fourth quarterback. He could sell him for a first though. It, it comes down to there's, there's kind of two kind of caveats to this, I suppose. So first of all, Trubisky, you have to be sold on the idea. And it sounds like, you guys are that the Trubisky experiment is done. And next year we're, we're looking at a new starting quarterback for the bears and probably Trubisky just on the bench. Correct. I think that there's two possible. I mean, you're reliant on two things that Nagy changes the offense to fit Trubisky mm-hmm. or that, Trubisky grows and becomes more confident passing, you know, throwing the ball deeper. And so one of those has to happen for him to succeed. And they're obviously not changing anything throughout this season for him. So my concern is that, you know, this is just a square peg in a round hole kind of thing. And there will be a change. Mm-hmm. So is it is it that he's not a fit with the Bears or is it he's is it that he's not an NFL starting quarterback? I think that's I mean, but, yeah, I think it's probably more that that he's not. Um 
you know, he he's, he obviously has limitations and mm-hmm. you'd hope to see him be able to process things quicker and make sound decisions and it just doesn't I don't see it and his accuracy is just horrible. Yeah. So I mean, it's just something that you'd hope to see growth and I haven't seen it. Maybe Maybe he does. He's just a late bloomer, and something happens in the next year or two. But by that time, I mean they have a great roster aside from Trubisky, so they only have a one or two year window to be a very successful team. Um, just with all the defensive players, that I think you have to be aggressive and make a move where you get somebody that you know you're more confident in. Yeah. yeah, I agree with everything Bill said. Um, and you also have to look at it, too, from the aspect that after this season, there's probably going to be a little bit of heat on Nagy. So if he doesn't make a change or doesn't change the offense or Mitch doesn't all of a sudden just become a better quarterback, you know, 2020, his job could be on the line. So I'm sure he's going to do something to save his own skin. And yeah, I think that is finding another option at quarterback. Yeah, I, that's, man, that's probably fair. So yeah, I mean, for me, it, like I said, it's kind of twofold. So the first thing is you have to buy into the idea that Mitchell Trubisky is not a starting quarterback in 2020. The other thing you have to buy into is the idea that Ryan Tannehill is, And that's the only way to me that this makes any sense to do this. Otherwise, you know, if you believe that Mitchell Trubisky is going to be a starter, then, and, and you're giving up, you know, you're giving up that starting quarterback for the simple return of a, of a 2021st. I mean, it it pretty much locks you in to using that 2021st on a starting quarterback especially if you don't believe that Ryan Tannehill is going to be a starting quarterback in 2020. Cause then all of a sudden you're down to Matt Ryan and Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan's getting up there in age. Deshaun Watson has a bad offensive line. You know, there there's a lot of risk involved. And even if those guys manage to hold up for you for a little while, you still, you know, you, you, you're not going to be able to put a quarterback at, you know, your super flex position, uh, you're, you know, during bye weeks. So, so there's, there's, and, and even then, you know, that you've, there's a chance that in 2020, Matt Ryan and Deshaun Watson have the same bye. You know, that's, that's something that super flex players, you know, sometimes miss is the fact that in a dynasty super flex from year to year, you know, these guys, can you can have a good situation at quarterback this year and it can it can change on you pretty fast that's why it's so important to have you know a strong contingency of starting nfl quarterbacks so the whole key is just to make sure that you're going to come out of this with at least three and i mean everybody knows how i feel about it that you want even more than that but at the very minimum you've got to make sure that you're coming out of this with at least three starting NFL quarterbacks. And otherwise you're going to have to spend that 2021st on a quarterback. 
And it's it's pretty suboptimal to be forced into a position where you have to draft for need. You know, our friend Dynasty Outhouse always says draft for for talent, trade for need. And that's the situation you want to be in. You want to be able to use that draft pick on the best player available. Probably going to want to use it on running backs in this particular draft class, if at all possible. And then you trade for the positions of need. You just you don't want quarterback to ever be a position of need because then the only way that you can get one at a reasonable cost is to spend that draft pick. And if you feel like Mitchell Trubisky is going to be an NFL starter in 2020, then you know you basically gave up that starting quarterback for a rookie quarterback who may or may not pan out. So there's there's inherent risk on both sides. I think that ultimately you probably go with a draft pick, but I don't love the situation that it could potentially put you in uh, if if Trubisky does end up with a starting job. So there's a lot to that one, but I, I at the end of the day, in a vacuum, I think that the that the value is right. It just it's a hard move to make. <laughs> That's kind of the bottom line for me. <laughs> Uh, we've got one more trade though. And, uh, I don't believe I was tagged in this one. I don't think super show was tagged in this one. So I'm going to let you guys set this one up. All right. So this is one that I was actually tagged in from at fantasy freezer. So we have Chris Carson, Gardner Minshew in a late 2021st for Miles Sanders, Tyler Boyd, and a mid 2022nd. Now this is a 14 team PPR league, which is converting into a super flex league next year in 2020. There's a lot of interesting parts moving around here. So it's Carson Minshew Minshew in a second, a late 2021st. Okay. For Miles Sanders, Tyler Boyd and a mid 2022nd. And how did you guys break this one down? So this this actually came to me right before the show came on. So as I'm looking at it right now, I think because this league is converting into a super flex next year, I want the Carson, Chris Carson, Gardner Minshew in late 2021st because Minshew may actually be starting for Jacksonville in 2020 and that late 2021st I'm somebody who's always looking to package a pick and a player to move up in the first round draft so you know I may be packaging that with another member of my roster to move up into an area where maybe I get one of the top, you know, three or four rookie QBs coming out. So I kind of get myself a little stockpile of quarterbacks going on. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I, I think I agree that I would go the Carson side, but it's weird because I really like the players on the other side. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I mean, I think when I break it down value wise, I'd rather the Carson side, but I think I might, I'd 
might be willing to do the other side. Because I, th- I think, like, Boyd is the equivalent of a first. You know, maybe even part... And then Carson... I think Minshew in a second is probably accurate. So then you're just at Carson versus Sanders. And, I mean, I, I think I like Carson better. But, like, in value. But I like the youth. But I, I just don't like Phillies you know, running back usage. So, yeah, I think I'd have to go the Carson side. Yeah, I I think so too. And I, I get where you're coming from. Like, Miles Sanders is going to be pretty interesting. Um, whereas, as much as I love Chris Carson, I mean, we are kind of reaching the uh, the end of the, the life expectancy, I guess, so to speak. I, he's not going to die, but... He's, he's good. I, <laughs> I, I, but I don't know. I, I mean, he's way too electric to just to just drop dead. But I don't, I don't know how much more, uh, you know, useful, you know, fantasy production we're gonna get. I mean, so he's he's still a running back. He's a damn good running back, and he's one that I'm pretty, I'm I'm pretty proud to have been out ahead on this one, but. Uh, you know, that it, it, he's still a running back and they still, they just, they, they expire on you. Um, and again, not literally, but they, you know, they, they stop being <laughs> useful for fantasy purposes so after a year or two. I know, I know yeah, <laughs> that, that got, uh, it got a little weird, but, uh, whereas, you know, Sanders is still kind of approaching that, that peak value where, you know, it's just a matter of getting that uh, that opportunity to be the feature back. And uh, if if and when that happens, I mean, all of a sudden you've got a you know, you've 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 got an easy RB one with Miles Sanders. Um, whereas Chris Carson, I mean, I think at best you're probably looking at another year in that RB one range where Miles Sanders still has a couple of those left. But. Yeah, the big thing for me, and like, uh, kind of like Josh said, uh, just it. So I don't, I don't really like it when leagues go from one quarterback just kind of transition into superflex uh, instead of just kind of starting over with a startup draft. I mean, first of all, everybody loves to draft. Why not just redo it? You know. Uh, second of all, I mean, it just messes with player value so much to, to make that conversion. So, you know, it, it makes it really difficult to, to gauge player values and, and to, to make those trades, you know, in the middle of the conversion. So if you see it coming, if they're actually going to do this and you see it coming, I mean, now's the perfect time to, like Josh said, just stockpile those quarterbacks, just load up on them because right now they're not worth a whole lot, but, as soon as as soon as you make the leap to superflex, they're all going to get this huge boost in value, where every other position is going to get bumped down a little bit because of the quarterbacks rising up. So, you know that I I would if you're going to do that, to me the shrewd move is to take advantage of the fact that there's about to be this massive influx of value at the quarterback position. And load up on them, 
you know, and, and this gives you another 2021st on the Minshew side, besides getting Minshew, you've got a 2021st. And I mean, we're sitting here talking about player values, quarterback values. You know, we're talking about guys who are starters in this league who, you know, at least some of us aren't going to even pay a 2021st for. That tells me there's a chance you could get, you know, maybe a Jared Goff, maybe a Baker Mayfield for a 2021st. Yep. You know, I, I've, it, it just helps you. It gives you a yet another trade chip to go get one of those buy low quarterbacks and just keep loading up on those guys because it's, it's about to change drastically the, the player values in your league. So, uh, for, for that reason alone, I'm, I, you know, I'll take Minshew just because of that part. Yeah, I like it. I, I, I've honestly kind of even skipped over that part, um, where you do really want to add a ton of QBs. And I mean, you should be moving every extraneous player for a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You almost, if, if you can do it, you just load your bench with, with quarterbacks at this point. Yep. Uh, especially if, you know, if there isn't a setting capping the number of quarterbacks you can have on roster. Yeah. Do it. I, I mean, at that point, then once it happens, you, you literally own the mint. You know, you're printing money at that point. All right. Then you've just destroyed the league and everybody wants to go back to one QB. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or or then they make the right decision and say, all right, let's just do a new startup. Right. Super flex. So, yeah. All right. Well, with that, though, I think that we can wrap it up. Like I said, I mean, we've we've spent plenty of of you guys' time going through the fantasy timeline on Twitter. Uh, but before we go, just uh, uh, have each of you guys kind of tell us where we can find you, where, you know, where new listeners can find you guys, where they can find you individually on Twitter um, and various other, you know, social media outlets, uh, websites, whatever you've got. And uh, a, a final call to action for the fantasy timeline. So I'll start off. Uh, you can follow me at Real Fantasy TL. Uh, follow us on YouTube, The Fantasy Timeline. We live stream every Monday starting 9 p.m. Eastern. We go for about an hour. And like I said earlier, we're pulling stuff off of Twitter. We're, we're pulling stuff off of the comments we get during the live stream. And it's just us going over what's going on in the fantasy community at the time. Um, so yeah, Bill will Bill will give us all the uh, the podcasting stuff. But yeah, follow us on YouTube, subscribe, hit the bell so you get alerted when we come on and do what we do. Yep, my name is Bill. Um, you can find me at SuperDupaFlex on Twitter. Um, you can find our podcast right now on TuneIn, Stitcher, and Podbean, um, and apparently on Apple Podcasts in March. <laughs> and um, you mo- Monday nights, 9 p.m. YouTube, uh, look for us, the Fantasy Timeline. Uh, John, really appreciate you having us on. Uh, means a lot. Appreciate you so much. And uh, just so you guys know how smart I am, 
I am uh, looking at that poll I put up earlier about the Tannehill Trubisky. I picked Trubisky, and he's at fourteen percent. I mean, I um, think that that there's also a, there's at the same time there's kind of a do the opposite principle that applies to Twitter polls. So, so like yes. I'm contrarian. Is yeah, that what we're saying okay, and and that usually ends up being the the correct path to take so okay okay good so yeah you you know you're gonna get some quality uh quality opinions and uh you know if you want to hear somebody disagree with you you know come listen to me (laughs) thanks thanks so much john it's it's appreciate it john it's gonna make things interesting for sure for you guys uh navigating those those twitter polls and knowing that they're almost (laughs) always wrong but i uh, really appreciate you guys coming on and, and spending the time it's a lot of fun and uh, i'm really looking forward to uh to checking out the new episode of the the fantasy timeline and catching up with you guys every monday night live on youtube and uh yeah just uh just wish you guys all the best it's it's always awesome to see um two of the two of my favorites in the community come together and start a new podcast so um it was a it was a slam dunk to have you guys on and uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, but with that, we're going to wrap it up for the week. As we do that, ask you for a quick favor. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can also subscribe to the DLF family of podcast mega feed and get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF. And once you're subscribed, if you'd give us a rating and review, not all podcatchers give you that option, but on the ones that do those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach get out to a larger audience, involve more people in the conversation. And from there, we can really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. And in the vein of listener interaction, send us your trades on Twitter at Superflex Show. You can also send them to any one of us individually. And again, I'm at Superflex Dude. Uh, you can send them to any one of my co-hosts and then definitely be sending them to the new podcast, Fantasy Timeline, at Fantasy Timeline or to Bill at SuperDuperFlex, or Josh at RealFantasyTL. And we can retweet those polls for you. We can help you get more votes and comments, and sometimes even bring them on our shows uh, and uh, and analyze them. And again, the Fantasy Timeline is going to be live every Monday night going through listener questions and trades. Uh, the SuperFlex Super Show, at least in season and very possibly beyond, is live every Wednesday night on youtube and same thing we go through listener questions we go through listener trade polls so definitely send those to us and uh let us uh let us analyze them or just bring them to the chat and uh join in the live discussion um and we can uh we can answer them live on air at the time too thank you for to heart and soul radio for the song the addiction that we use as our intro and outro music and above all else Thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy.